and welcome to this new episode of So Tell Me, a podcast where I talk to people about their education experiences, get opinions on higher education, and talk to people about what information they think the world should know more about. I'm your host, Kim Wardle. Let's get into the episode. So my name is Alice uh, and I met Kim first year of um, uni. Mm. Um, we can't, I don't know really how we met. I think we sat next to each other. In a lecture yeah. maybe. I definitely, I'd met like your close friend on like the first day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of just started sitting together as like a four, didn't we? A group of four or five yeah. really. We were a five at that point. um and yeah we just kind of carried on hanging out and realized that we were both very weird and yeah Mm. went from there I think yeah we definitely hung out a lot more in second year a hundred percent yeah um and then we both went on placement years and but we were still facetiming and stuff and then Mm -hmm. we've hung out it's weird because our um lectures and modules are so different this year I think second year we had all modules the same so we were kind of like in lectures all the time and also we lived like a road away from each other yeah. so I used to come and sleep in your house because I hated my housemates oh yeah that was a whole experience <laughs> I'll actually might ask you about that <laughs> yeah I would definitely I'd definitely be up for giving advice on housing because that is something that I had an awful experience with so so first of all what course are you doing and I know you have some comments about how that came to be and and how you decided to go on this course and how it maybe didn't work out as you expected yeah so I'm doing veterinary bioscience I'm in my final year now and I took a placement year so it's been four years um so when I was in college I originally wanted to do vet med so I applied for vet med I didn't get in based on my personal statement um and then also I got a, 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 B, and B in biology, so you have to have an A in biology. I don't think you have to do it anymore, but at the time when I was studying, you had to have an A in biology to get into vet med. Um, I think they're a bit mm. more lax now about it, but anyway. And then I applied to chemistry at um, Nottingham, I think. And then basically, Story just kind of out of the blue emailed me and wanted to have a chat, and then they rang me, and they were talking to me about this course. And they're like, yeah, it's veterinary bioscience. So I see that you want to do veterinary med and I see that you've also wanted to apply for chemistry. And it's literally those two like mixed together. And I was like, oh my God, this course sounds like perfect. Like it sounds exactly what I want to do because I was better at chemistry, but still wanted to have that animal kind of topics in there. Right. And yeah, that's kind of how, how it came about. But it's but then it ended up as something else. Right? Yeah, so I know... Pretty, a lot of people use that course as kind of like a gap in between A-levels and a veterinary medicine course. So you can kind of do the course and then that helps you get then into like to be like an older student studying veterinary med, which is what I think there's about six people in my class now that are doing that of about 19. And we when we first started, we were all like, yeah, we're all going to do vet med. And then about six months into the course, I was like, no, I'm not doing veterinary medicine, um, which is kind of cool because I never thought I'd see myself in like a lab research based area but I did really enjoy it through my placement year um but yeah it's not chemistry based at all so what I didn't do which I would recommend is reading through the modules there's like easy access to all modules that you can read through um and reading the descriptions of modules and stuff because that's what's going to give you an idea of what your course is basically based on and yeah there's there's just no chemistry in it at all which was really sad for me because I did really love chemistry um, and also, it's not very heavy, heavily animal-based, really. Mm. I've done maybe two modules that have been based on animals, which is so weird. It's so bizarre. We've done such a similar course, yeah. but our course names are so different. And if you were to read your course name and read my course name, you'd think we've done completely different degrees, when actually it's only this year that we've kind of separated a little bit. And if anything, I've done better modules modules that you would have preferred yeah and I've definitely so if I would have so if you would have given me the module choices that I've had in third year in first year I would have chosen all of like you know animal behavior and all of those but as the years have gone on I've now like um skewed more towards biochemistry um immunology epidemiology all those I enjoy them so much more a little bit because the lecturers but also I just generally do enjoy them more than the animal behavior and those kind of modules yeah so what made you change your mind from 
you know really wanting to do vet medicine and and taking this year these years as your gap Mm -hmm. to now not wanting to do that at all I think originally it was definitely the money side of it I think that was definitely a big swayer for me because you get no funding um from anywhere to do a second degree so it would have been funding myself for the four years right also during my placement year I absolutely loved working I worked basically worked in a specialist veterinary clinic in a lab and I'm doing lots of like diagnostic fecal testing and blood testing absolutely loved it loved that side of it and spoke to a lot of vets throughout that year and just kind of realized that it really wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted to live and I obviously didn't have the drive for it and I think for a, for a career like that you have to have a love and a drive for it and I was enjoying the diagnostics mm. and the chemistry and that side of it more than I would the actual surgery side of it right so that was kind of the but it was originally it was definitely the money side but then as I looked into it I was like no I've made the right decision this is what I enjoy so and there is a lot of people I think unfortunately in my class that probably don't really want to be vets but don't see any other kind of route at the moment they feel like it's their only kind of option but yeah so that's kind of what what did it for me really it was definitely speaking to other people and kind of actually talking which is another thing if you can speak to someone don't have it in your head that you're going to be a vet and you're going to do this and you're going to do that because you need to actually be really realistic you know and speak to the right people speak to vets and say okay what is you know what made you decide it and what is your daily life like that kind of thing right do you think that it would have been better for Surrey to have advertised that kind of information and to have, have set you up with that kind of opportunity? Or do you think that people just need to be more aware in general? I think you need to be more aware in general. What did, what has annoyed me constantly through uni is they believe that, that through, well, it's three years. They believe that three years is a really long time and it really isn't. And they think that you don't need to start thinking about your future until third year. And I think that's a really, really bad way to look at it. And even now, I mean, we're, you know, nearly right. finishing the course and they're still very lax on, oh, you don't need to decide what you want to do, you know. And I think that's a naive way yeah. of looking at it. And it's a very high school approach of you don't need to worry about what you're going to do as your career because you don't in high school. But when you get to, you know, university level, you do because you are going out into the wild world. And I think that's where a lot of people mm. fall is they do the degree, they come out of university and they don't really have a plan. And then they're going to, you know, their old part time job again, but working it full time. And I think there is a lot of people that are in that cycle at the moment where they just haven't thought through what they're going to do after university. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think the universe, I don't know whether it's just our university or whether I just didn't search enough, but I think the information about jobs and future prospects isn't very good and I don't think my college was very good at that either Mm. so I yeah I do wish that they would have brought in maybe some speakers you know people from the veterinary world and maybe someone from a bioscience world and did like almost like a careers day that would have although it sounds you know something that a primary school child would go through I think it's actually would be really beneficial to have like almost like a careers day where you can actually see because they tell us all the time there's so many jobs in bioscience, but then they don't really go into detail about what those jobs are. No. And considering, like, universities are meant to have the people who are pioneering research, yeah, you never really get exposed to any new research. They just teach you stuff that's already known and stuff that's in textbooks. Yeah, I mean, the only thing we did, well, we did one on P53, didn't we, in oncogenes at one point um Mm. and it was brand new research and he did three lectures on it and it was the most interesting lectures I'd had throughout that whole module um I won't mention his name the lecturer but he's he's funny he's brilliant but he it was just the most interesting thing and I think it was because it was you know so new and so innovative 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 um and yeah I know I totally agree with you I think there needs to be more of that because surely that's what we should be doing and I also think we need to have more rather than here's the information go and learn it I think we need more application based teaching yeah and we did a bacteriology module in first year and that was the best assessment I've ever done and it was literally lab based so you went into the lab you know kind of silent conditions a little bit like you know an a-level piece of coursework and you work through and you figure out what that bacteria was. And it was just br- it was just brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And it was just because it was application. And I think that's what we need more of. Because 
when you go into the real world, it's not recall, is it? It's application, especially in research. Yeah. Do you think that your placement offered you that opportunity for application? Yeah. I was very lucky with my placement. And I think with placement, when you speak to people, they either absolutely love it or they absolutely hate it. There isn't anyone in between that kind of had an okay time, you know, and just kind of got through it. People either love their placements or hate their placements. And I was very lucky. And I had, um, she was, she's a vet and she was just brilliant. And she kind of let me figure it out by myself. She didn't always tell me what to do. She kind of let me try and figure it out. And then she would lead me in the right direction, if that makes sense. And she's also on the forefront mm. of research and she loves research. And she also had that medical application too. So I was very lucky in that aspect that she was willing to let me, you know, have a go. Because not a lot of people are like that, you know. Yeah. But you ended up doing an animal placement. Yeah. So, well, I did. Obviously, we had clinical cases that would come in. So, yeah, you've got the veterinary kind of aspect there. A lot of my time was spent in the lab. What I enjoyed was running, you know, doing the testing. And then I used to write the um, lab report. And that lab report would then, it was like a diagnostic lab report that would then go to the the um, customer that would then explain like kind of treatment bases and I absolutely loved that and I guess that's probably more of a veterinary thing to do isn't it it's like what what a GP would do mm. when they write out the report yeah and you worked with what was it camelids is that what they're called yeah so alpacas <laughs> and llamas yeah um but yeah that's what it gave me now I feel that I want to work not just I want to work in a lab but I want to work in a in a diagnostic lab that's linked to some form of a hospital um because I like being able to have that integration I don't like just being in a lab and not knowing you know if you get a test in you run the test and it gets sent back does that make sense I don't just want that I want to have be able to talk to the people that are then treating those animals or even humans I'm not sure which area I'm going to go into also if you would have said to me four years ago that I was going to work in like human-based medicine I would have told you that you were crazy and yet now that is exactly (laughs) what I'm looking into so so do you think the skills are transferable in terms of what you've learned as part of your degree? Do you think they're transferable for clinical, like human medicine type things? Or do you think there's a lot more for you still to learn? No, I think, unfortunately, no. I think there's very, very little that we have done in labs, in university, that is then applicable to real life. I think mainly because you get you get given a methodology you follow the methodology. If it's wrong, you just get a, you know, oh, it's okay, it's fine. Just write it up as if it's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Um, and there's no real, there's always a safety net. And there isn't a safety net, I don't think, in, in real life. And I learned that very quickly during my placement that if I get this diagnostic test wrong, if I do something wrong and I don't discover the right kind of fecal eggs or if I, you know, overdiagnose and they get treated, I'm causing issues, you know. And ultimately that animal might die if I don't find the things that are actually there yeah um, and I think that's something that you don't get taught at university it's something that you learn I think in your first job I also think that if you don't take a placement then you probably should do some form of master's to kind of give you that there's not we don't do a lot of lab work and for me personally in final year I haven't have a, I haven't had a single lab which is so mm. weird to be that doing you know a bioscience course and to have no labs in final year for me was bizarre especially since I came away from placement and thought oh, I'm going to be so good at labs now because I've done a whole year in the lab <laughs> and then came back and I was like what none of my modules have labs what is going on yeah I I think I had a similar experience I loved doing all the lab work in my placement and then coming back and I did one lab I did a lab last semester but even then it was an absolute nightmare there was seven people to a group it was all the stuff but yours that I'd was silly done. wasn't it yours was like dilution mm. series and stuff wasn't it this is what I mean like this yeah. is like first year stuff and you're doing dilution I don't know if people know what dilution series is but it's basically just you know adding water continuously to different you know yeah making a sample more and more dilute until yeah and they still think that we don't understand dilution series like the factors and I'm like yeah we do yeah. it's not difficult you just by, by the power of 10 like I don't really <laughs> understand or <laughs> you think we're idiots um but no I, th- I think your placement is definitely more applicable to like yeah. a lab environment I didn't do all of like the plate agars and things mm. that you did um because mine was so mine was so mixed between a business so I got a lot of experience working in a business which was really good for me you know learning even how taxes work and VAT and just everything like that 
Um, and then I had like obviously the lab side, and then I also like genuine life skills. Gen- honestly, genuine life skills I learned from that placement that like yeah, nowhere teaches you. Honestly, learning about VAT and the woman that was teaching me, she was like, "Do you really not know?" And I was like, "No." I was like, "Please explain to me." You know, and just learning all things like that and seeing how a business runs and understanding also the importance of you know why you need to carry out the Mm. test in this way for the business as well you know looking at that aspect because it's not just oh there's a free-for-all like university do oh there's all you know you can run it as many times as you want to because we've got all this money there isn't really that in real life you do let you do work on a budget and having that kind of budget as well in my mind I think is a good way because that's real life isn't it you know you have to explain why you need the money to do things especially in research yeah that accountability yeah which my um uh, placement tutor did make me do one she did make me because I wanted to carry out a test and she was like okay I want you to write down exactly what the purpose is of the test and why you need because this is she was like this is how much it's going to cost the business why is it important for you to run that test and I had to kind of do that which is I guess what you would do for a grant grant proposal like a grant proposal type thing yeah so it's similar to mm-hmm. that um, but yeah, and I had a lot of clinical work, whereas I think yours was primarily lab, wasn't it? You definitely got a much broader, broader lab experience than I did. Mine was very, very concentrated on like kind of three specific tests that I used to carry out. So I kind of wish that I could also do like three months of what you did. Do you know what I mean? I guess so. I kind of wish we could have both swapped maybe for like a month and I could have got that kind of broad aspect and you could have got the clinical I think you would have enjoyed my placement too I mean I probably would have enjoyed any kind of placement I love doing lab work Mm -hmm. but yeah my placement was definitely like a whole other bag of cats I went into it thinking I was getting a project and then I got bounced around for a while and then it was a bit of a mess and then (laughs) I loved it it was probably one of the best experiences of my life my I absolutely well I didn't have a project because that was um that was the whole thing my tutor was really worried she was like don't you need a project Mm. and I was like no I don't need a project because you have to obviously write out the project um you have to write kind of like a dissertation but it's a smaller dissertation and she was like do you not need a project to write about and I was like no because I, I've done so much this year that I can write about you know the whole business the clinical side lab side like it's really not a problem I don't have a project and to be honest with you we were so busy we had a massive TB outbreak on a farm mm. so there was no way in hell I was going to be able to do a project at the same time yeah definitely um and we were both kind of Put off by how they marked our placements yeah massively massively in all different aspects to preface this we <laughs> have to do four assessments and um it's pass fail so even though you get a mark for your assessments the overall grade is pass or fail and obviously we both passed you also don't need to pass to move on to level six as well that's Something I didn't really understand. Well, but. you do, but you just have to redo all the assessments if you fail. Do you? Yeah, so I you don't you get to pass. do... Oh. No, you don't get to do another placement, but you have to redo all the assessments or redo the assessments that... Failed. Oh, interesting. Oh, I thought they just mm. kind of went, oh, well, you failed, but just move on to level six because... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't good. be surprised. Because I know you... I'm pretty sure that's what ha- I'm pretty sure that is the truth and then you get on your so when we get our if we get our certificate <laughs> for passing for going through yeah. university they have on it placement year pass or pa- placement year fail I think it gets documented on your like certificate or like I don't know what what would you call it like academic uh, marks yeah your know. your diploma it's not your dip- transcript transcript no, transcript yeah so I think you get put, it gets put on whether you passed or failed Right. I thought, yeah, I was pretty certain you had to redo any assessments that you failed. No, I'm sure, like, when they did, like, the first few meetings, they were like, yeah, if you fail, because someone asked, they were like, what happens if you fail? Can you still move on to level six? And they were like, yeah, of course. And then someone was like, well, then what's the point in doing the assessments? And I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, yeah, what is the point? If you're just going to, if you're just going to fail us and then nothing happens, then, you know, really, is there any point doing the assessment? Yeah, I feel like that's, kind of a Surrey thing though yeah also the preparation for placement was horrendous I'm not gonna lie like it it almost put me off doing a placement like and even I had to find my own placement um because Mm -hmm. they didn't advertise it very well and there was no they were like oh yeah there's none for animal and I was like well I found one in this camel veterinary service they're like oh I've never heard of that one and I was like literally you have a student on there right now from Surrey (laughs) like how do you not know about this placement there is a student there right now (laughs) honestly we weren't 
particularly amused with how they marked our assessments considering the criteria that they set out for like marking could you speak to that a little bit yeah so we had to do obviously we had to do a cv and cover letter which i think everyone got pretty okay marks in because it's just but i also think cvs are very personal and people's perceptions of what makes a good cv and what makes a bad cv are totally different Mm. and then you had to do a personal development review which is interesting for me because i am out of three are you supposed to have three meetings where your tutors come and visit you and make sure you're alive and well and everything's going okay um and I had one of three so I could have been lying in a ditch somewhere (laughs) and the university would not have known um and so it was weird for me because my PDR I had to submit like I think it was a few hours before it was due because they hadn't emailed me over my comments and it was very stressful but um so that was that one and I think that was I think that must have been very difficult for them to mark because it was basically like a like almost like a diary Mm. and so again that's very personal and hard to mark and then we had to do a poster and the issue with the poster was they had so much criteria that you had to fit into the poster. Yeah. There was so much. And it was basically like a small version of your dissertation, really, and what they wanted you to include. Yeah. And then when we actually got to the poster presentation, they were like, well, you've got way too much information. And I'm like, but that was what we had to have in the poster. That's what the marking criteria was. And they right. were giving posters that had hardly any information but looked, you know, very nice marks which was really annoying because obviously we'd put so much work and effort into these posters and they were basing it on what looked more like a scientific poster rather than the information that was on the poster I think the tricky thing as well was that we both didn't do projects so everyone else could write about a project whereas we had to write about our entire place yeah basically you have the two um lecturers that would come around and ask you questions and mine were like super impressed with like my answers and they seemed really, really good. And then I got kind of got quite a low mark. Did I get something like 60, 65, which for like a poster for, you know, I was expecting like 80 really because it's like placement year and it's a poster. So yeah, my main marks were that there was too much information um, and it wasn't a very clear poster to read. It was very weird. And yours had like something about readability, didn't it? Where they said that it was, they couldn't follow which way to read. Possibly, yeah, but... I and I was, yours was so easy exactly yeah. yours was so easy to read it was so weird they're like yeah it's really difficult to read and I was like literally yours basically has arrows on like which way to follow literally boxes so I don't also for my actual because then you have to do like the um what would you even call it like the placement report I guess placement report yeah and so again like you say we didn't do projects so we had to base ours on the business side, uh, the actual, you know, yours is the university and the labs and mine was kind of like the business and what we were doing and why our work was important and things like that. Mm. And I was super happy with mine and I spent a long time on mine. Um, and like a lot of the comments were like, not enough information on the business. And I was like, well, how can that be possible when I've written probably about a thousand to two thousand words on the business? Like, I don't really understand. Right. And I feel like mine wasn't read through if that makes sense like they'd read like the first page and then hadn't actually read the rest of it that's how it almost felt because a lot of the comments I was like well I have done that and like I could literally pull the page and pull the paragraph where I've answered that question so yeah and they were like correcting things that were actually right so they were correcting like words that are that were that were right and spelt correctly because they're they're applicable to camelid specifically and they would like correct it to something and I was like no this is the actual words I was supposed to say because it's camelid specific and you know things like that like rather than like mm. searching for it themselves they're like oh they've written it wrong and we're like correcting it um so yeah I didn't get a very good grade in that either which is so it was it was disappointing because it was a lot of work that had gone into it and obviously like you say it's a pass fail thing but to not get you know the credit for the work that you've done and I feel like that was also in their mind but I think they, in their mind, they're also like, oh, well, this is only pass-fail. It's not actually going to affect the students. So I don't really need to put that much work into it. And I do feel that was what yeah. kind of came across. But my actual placement was amazing. Absolutely loved it. And I wish that we would, instead of being assessed on, like, what our work tutor said. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. our work tutor said they worked really hard, you know, did everything, blah, 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 blah. Should that not really be enough to kind of pass you through placement rather than having to write... <laughs> 
Yeah, it should be a, a collection of all the skills that you learned, not, oh, I have yeah. to explain myself and why I did this in a specific mm-hmm. way. and what I, I think the CV was a good idea because now I don't have to redo my CV. I, I did enjoy doing the CV and it did set me up now that I've got a really nice CV because I spent a long time on it. Um, but the rest of it, I wasn't 100% behind, especially the PDR because you had like for each section there was there was four different descriptors of like your characteristics and stuff and they were so it's like someone just thesaurus loads of words and then just like popped them in so you didn't really know what it was really talking about and you kind of had to you know fly on yeah there was definitely I know that for one part of the cv I got marked down for not putting an address but when I went to the cv workshop they were like yeah you don't need an address you don't need an address yeah literally and i was like and also why would you be marked down for that literally that was one of the only comments i got there's no address this is the other thing that has annoyed me throughout university is you can drop a whole you know 20 percent, and you will have a single line a single comment that would explain that whole 20 percent. does that make sense yeah so i just feel like they always they always say that you know we get given feedback but I've always found feedback really quite vague um Mm. especially compared to like you know college level where you'd get everything you know annotated and everything like that and I know they don't have time to do that because they have so many students but it's really difficult to get feedback that's a single line long and that explain your loss of 20% or 30% because it just doesn't do you know what I mean I think as well um the loss of those marks is so much more significant and that it really has a huge impact. You know, losing that 20% is a huge impact. That's like two like grade levels down from mm-hmm. you know, a first, you know? It's, yeah. it's such a... I feel like they really play God with some aspects. Well, literally, do you remember the, the time that I realised that grading was messed up was when I went... Do you remember I had that piece of coursework <laughs> and it was on enzymes? And the last... Yes part of it was 20 marks and it was such a massive part of the whole coursework and they'd given me like one mark or like zero marks mm. and they'd said wrong wrong type of enzyme and then I'd compared it to yours and I was like wait you got you got like you know 20 or whatever marks and we'd both done exactly the same enzyme hadn't we and I was like what mm. I was like I got it right so then I emailed the lecturer and um he was like Oh, um, and he was really good and he got the meeting sorted like for the next day and I went in and he read it through and he went, I'm so sorry, I don't mark all of them. Sometimes we have postgraduates that do it. And he went, they've just read your first line, read that type of enzyme and thought it was wrong and then just marked your whole thing. And I was like, that is so scary. If I wouldn't have spoken up, if I would have just gone, you know, it's like if I wouldn't have had you yeah. as a friend and then I wouldn't have, you know, spoken up, then I would have been left, you know, it did make them, it got me from something like 65% up to like 90%. It was a crazy jump. So I'd gone from like a 2-1 yeah. to like a really high first because he just automatically gave me 20 marks. He didn't even, yeah. it wasn't worth 20 marks, but it was definitely worth more than one mark. Um, yeah. And yeah, he just straight up went, I'm really sorry, and just gave me 20 marks. And I was like, if that's how easy it is to lose 20 marks and that's how easy it is to gain 20 marks, then, you know, the system is flawed in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I want to change gear a little bit. Okay. And take a hard right onto Housemates Avenue, where <gasps> we should talk about oh. your horrible experiences <laughs> in second year. <laughs> because, honest to God, it's some of the funniest and most tragic stuff I've ever experienced. Oh, I about. know. Do I even want to tell the world about all the crazy, Honestly. crazy stuff that happened? Yeah, you were really lucky. You had a lovely house second year and your housemates were quiet but nice, weren't they? I stayed, I lived with my best friend as well, so... Yeah, literally. Yeah, I literally like knock on the door and you'd both be in bed together and I'd be like, right, my life is a (laughs) sham. (laughs) Well, we invited you plenty of times. I did used to to come over all the time. Excuse me, I did. (laughs) That's true, that is true. But yeah, so it was, don't leave housing till last minute. I mean, I should have, there was lots of, you know, signs from the start that should have told me to get out, but I was very naive. You know, I just lived in, in uni halls and also my uni hall was really tragic. It was so far away from university. Um, I had one, one girl in it that we were, we were like best friends and we used to be like, 
you know, used to hang out all the time, loved her, she was brilliant. And the rest of my house, they didn't really speak English, that was kind of the main issue, and so we couldn't really communicate very well, which was difficult. And so it was horrible, it's horrible living with, you know, seven people that you aren't, don't even have a conversation with you know that's, that was really hard for me because right I had this image in my head of going to university and having all these parties and having like flatmates and it just didn't you know didn't like kind of happen and that really did that did yeah. get me down I think first year that it wasn't that kind of American frat lifestyle that you see on tv <laughs> it really isn't it isn't like that and that's that is difficult um so anyway met Second year kind of started looking in like what March time, and really you should be looking in like January, December time if you're in an area though, like Guildford. Yeah, Guildford's definitely an exception. It has a massive housing crisis. <laughs> yeah, I would I would argue that you don't want to look too early because then there's like landlords that are going to cheat you out of money because they're going to capitalize on the fact that you're panic you know you're panic buying an apartment yeah that's the other thing is really like I just did not do my research and like first year I was actually going to move into a house and like my dad came down with me and we Mm. sat down and spoke to the landlord and to be honest with you the house was so lovely but she was charging me like 700 pounds and at the time you don't really have an understanding of of like how much you're going to make if that makes sense so as the years have gone on I realized that working a part-time job I'm going to university I can afford maximum 550 a month that's kind of where my budget is which is really really expensive but in Guildford that is cheap um yeah because at the moment I'm living in a house that's 500 pounds um and the house I lived in in second year I think was 495 without bills but with the bills and with everything that went on it probably went up to about 600 pounds a month now that's what we need to talk about that everything that yes. went on. <laughs> so I don't know where to really so pretty much someone advertised a room and it was you know 495 and I'm like oh my god this is the cheapest I've seen um and they were kind of like almost like interviewing people if that makes sense. Mm. Um so you know I went to this interview in um the in the bar in university and got on really well. You know they all seemed like too perfect almost like they were like yeah we're going to have so much fun. And they pretty much messaged me straight after and went, listen, you're the person that we want. You know, we've, speak, we've spoken to like five different people. We get on with you the best. Like, would you be up for it? And I was like, yeah, definitely. You know, we went and saw the house. And the house actually was really, really good for a student house. Like, the living room was massive. Yeah. It had a garden. Um, kitchen space was really good. Unfortunately, at the time, I couldn't really see what my bedroom was going to look like because the guy had put a double bed in there and it was supposed to just be a single bed. So I was kind of like imagining it a lot bigger. Um, which was something I should not have done but anyway and yeah what my main what I should have realized is the girl that I was taking over from dropped out so that was you know a little bit of a warning sign there second of all the two housemates were dating don't move Mm. into a house where two people are dating and so during the summer before we moved in they split up and it all just kind of went downhill from there and I moved in and there was just arguments and accusations Oh, so many accusations being flown around. And at the time, you know, I was trying to be a little bit like me and there was, sort of, there was me and another housemate and we were trying to be like the glue almost, just trying to kind of keep everything normal. And then she moved out. And so she had the big, she had, her room was literally triple the size of mine, but we were all paying exactly the same rent, which was wrong. And that's another mm-hmm. thing is if you're moving into a small bedroom, you should be paying a lot, lot less than someone that's in, you know, triple the size of you. Yeah, you should argue that you pay less. And when sure. we first moved in, they said, you know, we'll pay some of your rent because your room is so small. But that obviously never, and you need to have it in writing. If there's anything like that, you know, if you're just talking about it with friends, it's never going to happen. It needs to be in writing. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so she moved out, you know, and we were on really good terms still. And I was like, listen, you know, you need to, you can come back whenever you want, blah, 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 blah. And then it was about three months later or something like that and I was like or maybe two months later and I was like listen Mm. I don't want to sound you know harsh or anything like that but is there any chance that I'll leave all my stuff in my room but like can I just sleep in your room or maybe move my stuff through like and she was like I don't care I don't live there anymore you can do whatever you want so I was like okay and we were trying to find a replacement for her so that she didn't Mm -hmm. have to pay rent and I was really really searching quite hard and the boys yeah, that where I was living with were declining all the people because they didn't want a boy and it was all you know crazy it was just it was a lot of craziness and then she I understood where she was coming from because she was paying you know 500 pounds for a house that she didn't live in but that was by choice that she you know she left and mm-hmm. moved out and wanted to do that 
and there was no animosity between me and her or between the other guy and her so she could easily have you know lived there you know absolutely fine yeah um and then it was probably february time and you know it started to get heated because we hadn't found anyone and she hadn't found anyone so she was starting to get a little bit stressed And yeah, she just went, right, I'm moving back in. And I was like, okay, that's absolutely fine. Like, I'll move my stuff through. And she went, no, you have five hours. And I was like, what? So it was all kind of crazy. And you guys were there, weren't you, that day? We were making pancakes. Because I'm pretty sure it was like Valentine's Day or like something like that, maybe pancake day. It was Um, some some kind of event. And she like goes up into the room and starts like chucking my stuff. And I was like, listen, this is like vandalism. Like, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. And then she like storms out the house. Um, and next thing I know, I had a claim, a money claim from her and her mum, basically saying that I owed them like £4,000. Oh, you had to go to court and... Yeah, and that went on for a good year. So obviously I had to, mm. had to send in my defence claim. And this was all because I think she couldn't get back at her ex-boyfriend. And so she just tried to kind of get back at anyone she could. So she mm. was just like lashing out. Um, well, she almost ruined his life, first of all. She almost ruined because whole... she did some really, yeah. really, really big accusations. Yeah. And also, she went a step further. There's like a, a radio and like a TV show that university has, and they go into the clubs and they like video drunk people, and it's just, you know, a bit of fun. Right. And she was literally like talking about him on that. And there were so many conflicting stories, and she was also telling so many conflicting stories. She was telling multiple people, multiple versions of different... Varying, you know, levels of aggression in these stories. And I she thinks she told me one of the worst stories. Yeah. Um, and when I spoke to her best friend, she was like, oh my God, she, you know, what? That is not how it went down. And I was like, what? And yeah. it, was all, it was all very weird. So I tried not to take her side, not to take his side, mm. and just try to stay very neutral but I was definitely friendlier with her and trying to keep her sane because I could see that she was the one that was you know breaking but yeah it all kind of dissolved I mean we never went to court it took a year Mm. but the you know the claim got dropped by them because obviously it was silly yeah (laughs) and it had no you know it was never going to stand anywhere it was so bizarre just the whole like she tried to fight you like physically fight yeah she did she like snapped one of my hangers and like i was really worried because i'd been given a certificate and i was like really worried that she was gonna break my (laughs) certificate i was like so stressed about i could see it in the corner of my eye and i was trying not to look at it because i thought oh my god if she sees that certificate she's just gonna rip it up yeah and it was just so she got my suitcase didn't she Mm. and like i'm really small but i'm really strong and yeah. so she's like bashing the suitcase and I wasn't budging and she was getting really <laughs> angry that I was stronger than her. <laughs> she was like, you know, like when you jokingly like run against someone, like, let me get at them. It was yeah. like that. Like she was running against the suitcase and I wasn't budging. And I was like, are you done? Like, do you want to maybe take five minutes and then we can have a chat? And also I was constantly saying to her, I have no animosity towards you. Mm-hmm. Like we can sort this out. Let's talk. Like, let's get you sorted. And I was continuously being like that with her. And it was just, yeah, it was just aggravating. The whole situation was aggravating. But it did mess with my mental health massively, like massively. And, I mean, Mm. you saw it because, you know, I didn't have £4,000. I was living in a house that I hated because then my housemates, when she moved out, they were like, right, it's lads, lads, lads. And they used to leave our front door open, tell people in university that there was a house party happening at our house. And literally at 3am I'd come downstairs and there'd be random people in the living room and the boys would be nowhere to be seen. They'd be like, oh, we got told there was a house party here? And I was like, no, there is not. Please leave. <laughs> and like, there was lots of um, drunk people in your living room all the time, sleeping on your sofa, using your stuff. Yeah, like I had a duvet that went missing and then it suddenly like reappeared and I was like, okay, that's getting burnt because who knows where that's been. <laughs> like it was just, it was so bizarre. And then also one of my housemates got scabies Mm-hmm. And like passed it on to his mate and like the other lad in our house, and I had to move home for two weeks because I was like, there is no way I'm getting. It was it was a little bit of madness. There was lots of mad things. Also, they set the place on fire, yeah. um, because they were they also used to take like a lot of drugs as well, um, and I came, I was doing my work in the living room, and then this guy was this guy who I didn't know was like basically in the kitchen, and then there was another guy that I did know, and they were both like, bro, 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 <laughs> and then I walked in and I was like. Okay, the kitchen's ah. on fire. Let's try and sort that out. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was mental, but I mean, for me, lots of things went wrong, and I think it was a it was kind of like one thing went wrong, which caused another thing to go wrong, and you know, right. I don't think that happens generally. 
No, because yours was definitely a very um, extreme example of... Yeah, I don't want to scare people, like, moving into homes because it is not like that. And a lot of the times it's like what you had and it's lovely. Um, It was my own fault for moving in with a couple um, because I I think if that originally wouldn't have happened and if she wouldn't have left, then none of the other things would have happened. Right. It was like a snowball effect, I think. I also think both the boys are really depressed as well because I think the whole situation was just depressing. I think they also failed university as well. They had to drop out. Yeah. Um. So it was like it was like a lot of things that kind of snowballed out of control. Um. But just be careful who you're moving in with. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm living with a live-in landlord. Um. And it's fine. You know, it's nice. The house is kept so nice. It's not. You know, I was so you know anti it, but it's really not that bad. I think it really does depend on like situation to situation and you know I've lived I found I think I found my second year house and my placement house from Facebook so you know I found perfectly yeah. nice houses from Facebook it's just happened that yeah, you... Spare Room's a really good mm. um, site to use Spare Room's good that's where you're going to get like the probably the cheapest kind of rooms and stuff but you know just uh, what I didn't do in second year is I didn't also you know i I found one thing and I clung on to that. I didn't do any other searches because right. I was so terrified that I was going to lose it. Whereas this year, I've kind of, I did like, I mean, I mean, I visited like six different houses. Mm. Um, you know, you've just, you've got to do it. You've got to go out there. You've got to see them all, which is really hard when you don't live in that area. I get that. Like if you're moving down south, which is what I did because obviously I live in Liverpool. Um, you know, it's really difficult to go and see all these houses and I totally yeah. get that. But if you can do it, go and see the houses, go and, you know, see the people yeah definitely and I think my other issue was is that I'd missed on that party life in first year and these guys were like and this and she was so like yeah we're gonna party we're gonna party and because I'd missed out on that in first year I was craving it so badly um and that was such a mistake don't move in with people who are after that party lifestyle unless you are ready to you know be up till 3am yeah every single day yeah because that is exactly what happened how did you find um the transition from first year to second year like generally I found it okay I didn't I think second year I, I hated the most um I didn't enjoy second year very much but I think everyone didn't seem to enjoy second year mm. um you don't have the security of uni anymore they don't look after you in the same way yeah so you can't you know move into halls and it, there is definitely like a nice security with halls you know, if you can't pay, university are usually quite forgiving, aren't they? You know, they, yeah. they find ways around it. You're not going to get that in a rent-based scenario. Yeah. You know, your your kitchen's cleaned for you. You have toilet paper in some places given out. You know, there is, like, def- it's definitely, like, baby steps into the real world. And then you get to second year and it's like, okay, this is the real world and you're paying bills, bills <laughs> and, you know, the, putting the bins out and, you know, just, like, little things like that. Yeah. Um, and also... I hate the kitchen being messy and they used to leave plates out and just horrible things like that. So you have to learn to live with people, which is a good life skill. Mm. But no, I didn't think, I don't think, I did. I didn't enjoy second year, but I don't think it was much of like a big step from first year. Right. Why? Did you think it was? No, I found the transition fine. I had a horrible, stressful time because I was trying to get a placement abroad which was a whole other mm-hmm. stress because oh, yeah. the university were not necessarily supportive they they the reason I came to Surrey was for the placement but when it came down to applying for visas and all sorts of other stuff it was incredibly stressful and then obviously I had to take mm-hmm. exams on top of that and make sure I got competitive grades for the placement so on and so forth so that aspect I found stressful, but the moving into a house. I think also choosing America as well. America was like a big one because they just didn't. They, I, don't, I don't think the university really knew what you needed. I think that was the problem is the university don't know. And instead of saying, right, we don't know, we'll find out, they just kind of like blag yeah, it. Basically. <laughs> Whereas they should just say, listen, we don't know, we'll figure it out. Do you know what I mean? And they're just like, no, you just, yeah, you just do like, this. Just contact your supervisor. I'm like, okay, I have. Um, yeah, you had so many issues with like having to redo papers and yeah, stuff, like didn't you? Because they were wrong and stuff. It was a whole load of mess for that. But like the actual, I guess, exam content, I found okay. A lot of the modules I find have been repeated year on year, as in like a lot of the content is the same. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think I don't know whether it's to try and like drill it into your head. I don't really understand, I but like. 
things they're going over you probably don't really need to like have in your head yeah with final year especially I found that what they ask you to do is kind of impossible in terms of like they want you to learn 10 topics taught to you by professionals in the field that only teach that one subject so why are we learning 10 topics where we have to be a specialist in every topic it's not real world it's not yeah you know I don't think it's appropriate at all yeah it it is a lot more content this year it's very content heavy this year and that was because the assessments were based around I think it being content heavy well, the university's improved generally. Since yeah. like we came back from placement, they've improved so many different areas. But they, for some reason this year, they've decided to come up with, like, they feel like they need to be more different with their assessments. And, I mean, for my biochemistry one, it was mm-hmm. a standard essay, and it was great. And he's like, oh, no, next year I'm going to make a, a comic book strip assessment. And I don't really... <laughs> Sorry, my two dogs. Um, I don't really see the point in that because surely that's a media aspect. And like one of my assessments this year was um, a film uh, made on PowerPoint and it did not assess any scientific, you didn't even, the facts didn't even have to be right. That was the joke of the whole thing. You could make up whatever facts you wanted to, pop it in there. As long as it evoked emotion in the audience, then you got a good mark. which was just bizarre really and we've never ever done anything like that and like look at I mean an assessment that we've been given Mm -hmm. right now is a fact sheet and me and you called yesterday and we were like what the hell is a fact sheet because we've just never been set it and it's weird to do this in third year for me it's weird to kind of go do you know what for third year we're just gonna be really experimental with all the assessments that That, we're gonna give you yeah that module in particular has been a real issue for for a lot of people especially for us Um, yeah it's a shame because there's what I've got to say to you is there are a lot of lecturers at university that are there because they want to carry out their research and that's the only reason they're there and then there are some that are absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant lecturers um but unfortunately they are probably like I don't know 70% of them are very good lecturers and they are very very knowledgeable in the area and the other problem is university expect them to lecture about things that they don't know yeah that's that is true there's another whole that was in second year wasn't it what the guy that. oh yeah the guy that um, went and googled what he was going to lecture an hour before or a day before yeah. and then me and I was like you shouldn't be lecturing on that then that isn't his problem that's not his fault he hasn't turned around to them and said do you know what I want to lecture on spectrophotometry because I'm pretty sure it was something like that wasn't it yeah it was. he's been told we don't have anyone that knows this you need to go and learn it and then lecture it and I think that is so wrong it's so odd it's honestly the most bizarre thing I've ever heard of in my life especially when for each individual lecture you could have a whole question on that topic Mm. you know what I mean so someone Mm -hmm. could choose that topic and then not get a very good mark because it hasn't been taught very well yeah it's and also the transition I think they transitioned well from MCQ only Mm. to MCQ short answer yeah I agree the thing is I've never struggled with essays because I did psychology at a level And it was all essay based. And also, I've always been pretty okay in terms of English language, English literature. I've always kind of enjoyed doing essays. My handwriting's appalling, but Mm. I'm okay at doing essays. And I think a lot of people struggled with that. Mm. I mean, I'm going from MCQ, yeah. And also, the other thing that has always got me about university is when you sit an A level exam paper, it doesn't matter who's going to mark that, it's going to get graded very equally. Yeah. When you're doing it for a lecturer that has set that question, taught that topic, knows exactly how they want it to be answered, you have to kind of write your essay depending on who's going to read it. Yeah. So like for biochemistry, there was like three different lecturers and I knew that we had to write essays very, very differently depending on who was going to read them. And even in their like assessment briefs, they literally had different briefs on what they wanted their essay to look like. Mm. And for me, that's wrong. It should be, you know very across the board the same yeah it's tricky because we also up until this point like we have one uh, essay tutorial one essay tutorial and then they're just like and now write us an essay and it needs to have innovative thought and it needs to be have novel ideas and it needs to have information that we haven't taught you (laughs) and it's just so bizarre the other thing is when you're in first and second year do not worry about loaning books out from the library unless you don't understand the topic 
that's when you need the book. However, in third year, like, you need to have so much X. This is what annoys me, is they teach that it's so content heavy. Mm. And then they're like, yeah, but you're also going to need extra research. And I'm like, yeah, but in what area? Like, they're just like, go research. And it's like, okay. Mm. And that's fine. <laughs> Essay tutorials are are good depending on who's taking them yeah. and I've had brilliant essay tutorials and then I've had an essay tutorial where he sat at the front of the the you know the tutorial for two hours um and it took 20 minutes and he sat there and went anyone got any questions and we were like this is not a tutorial no. the tutorial is where you tell us how you want it to be written and also it was a 100% based exam mm. it was very stressful yeah the class average was 50% I think for that 55% something like that Maybe we should talk about some positives because I feel like <laughs> we've complained <laughs> for the past. All right, so so tell me what the best thing about university has been. Meeting you. Oh. <laughs> no, honestly, like, friends, 100%. Like, mm-hmm. I think you have to, and this is, well, for me, it's made me so much more confident as a person. And I think you've changed a lot. And I think a few of our other friends have, like, evolved into really really confident people which I think is brilliant we we really did bounce off each other yeah 100% and I think learning from you as well um to just go and do things by myself like before I would never have gone to like you know I went to a pole dancing class by myself you know and I would never in a million years have done that beforehand you know having confidence in what you have to say I think it it's more those kind of like what are they called like soft skills that I think I've improved more than my academic because personally I feel like I got a better education at college than I have done at university but I think moving out 100% is a big one as well like learning that independence in that sense has been a massive thing. Moving out is probably one of my best favourite things I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the clubs now at university are much much better and the involvement and activity areas and things like that are really good um so I've enjoyed doing stuff like that I've enjoyed the kind of atmosphere of university you know going and sitting in a library and doing things like that or going and sitting in the hive area and going getting like fruit and veg from the fruit and veg store that kind of thing I've enjoyed that kind of area of it I also enjoyed lab but I've got to say like no one enjoys lectures like there are very very few lectures that I can account for that I you know really really enjoyed I wondered if you could um talk a little bit about that one lab experience (gasps) I know exactly what you're talking about are you talking about swabs yeah Yeah. no No. I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna save the swabs for another Ah, time I want you to talk about the (laughs) Vercon oh my god Vercon I want you to talk about experience so we had to do a lot of it's just so also nothing to complain about is my dissertation was supposed to be on fecal samples and they were like no we can't use those in the lab because it's feces i'm sorry in second year we had raw sewage that like got poured all over all the (laughs) tables um so there's this thing called vercon there's like a disinfectant i don't think it's particularly like Mm. strong because no, I think is it is it? quite strong. I think it's, there was no really safety. Honestly, this is the most. This is the bizarre no. thing. I remember it used to be a plastic bottle. You're also not supposed to like pour liquids into any other bottles. It should be in the standard bottle. That's something that you learn when you go on yeah. placement. Also, you know, you should have like warnings on it. There was no warnings. It just was labeled Vercon. No explanation of what this no. thing was. Just Vercon. Um, no concentration. Well, we just got told that at the end you just spray it on, then you just squirt it on the table and then just like wipe it down. But anyway, this girl behind us basically poured her feces. She was really, really like clumsy, and like I'm sure she used to like spill the urine and the feces and the sewage and everything all over. And she would just spray it with Vercon, like it was this magical <laughs> cure. <laughs> yeah, and she she not. That she knocked over her sewage onto her lab book. <gasps> and just sprayed Vercon all over her book. <laughs> Honestly, Vercon was like the magical ailment. And then we joked about it for so long that if there was anything that we spilled, we'd be like, Vercon, get the Vercon! <laughs> Even though one of them was like, was it SARS? Uh, MRSA. MRSA. Anyway, we just used to, yeah, Vercon was the joke that Vercon would fix everything. Did Vercon remove... Just dump a bit of Vercon remove dye? Oh, no. And then also... I used to do this um, gram staining, and if you mm-hmm. spill any of like, the purple dye, you could use another one of the um, like liquids to like remove the dye, and that was so much fun. 
to spray that liquid all over the table to like remove the dye. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, also the sinks in that new lab that from second. Do you remember second year? Well, it was the fact that how I'm like five foot three. You're how tall are you? Five, five three and a half. We're the same size. Yeah. yeah. So we would have to stand almost on a stool to reach the center of the desk oh to wash God. things in that tiny sink and also right they spent so much money on this lab and then they were like well we spent so much money on it so that means that because we used to do labs in like kind of like groups and the whole point in creating this lab was that they mm. wanted to have like 500 students at a time but they didn't increase the number of like staff <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean 200 but they w- they'd fill they'd fill this area but then they wouldn't increase the staff number and they'd still have one lecturer so like there'd be one lecturer like trying to shout and tell everyone what to do and half the time you didn't really know what you were doing and half the time oh my god do you remember the incubators right so first year me and yeah. like, me and this girl were like groups really sad she left cry cry still miss her and she we basically had to do we were, was it for antibiotics i can't remember. i think it was antibiotics but you it was like a three-week practical um, yeah. where week one you know week two required week one work and week three required the week two and week one work so if you did anything wrong in those weeks you basically had to start again but it wasn't exactly difficult and it was kind of okay and we had to incubate I'm assuming we were growing bacteria or growing something on the plates and you had to incubate them and some woman who shall not be named who we all hated decided to turn off our group's incubator and we came in and they were like she literally I think she unplugged or she needed to use the the plug socket or like something so she she was just an idiot. <laughs> she unplugged the incubator or turned it off or something, and it literally ruined that whole incubator's. So work. luckily, there was only three groups, I think, like per incubator. So there was only three groups, including our group, that got like messed up. Mm. But they'd like. I think it was more than that. No, I don't. There wasn't that many. I don't know whether we were like the last incubator or something like that. There really wasn't. There was only like three of us that got affected. Um. So it wasn't like, right. and I think for that reason, they were kind of like, oh, it's not a big problem. So then they were like, well, you can use another group's work, but then you can't talk about your week one and week two, but you can, but then you're going to have to like change it. And I'm like, they just didn't really have an idea of what they wanted. And if you asked one staff member, they'd tell you something different to the second staff member. Um, And yeah, I mean, I ended up just, I'm pretty sure I went back and spent two hours in the lab and just replated everything and redid it again because I was like, I'm not just going to get confused by all this. It was so, it was so bizarre that she was like yeah i'm just gonna turn this incubator off like honestly who unplugs like, who something in a lab just don't unplug something and also the labs that she was because we also did her lab this is the funny thing is the lab that 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 probably turned that she turned it off in was probably one of our groups that she did it in and the lab was yeah. not a lab it didn't even need to be carried out in a lab like it was actually more dangerous that we were doing it in that lab um because it was like testing heart rate and testing respiration rate and, like, why we were doing it in, like, a, a, a lab that normally deals with, like, virology and immunology and all that, I don't understand, because surely that's more mm-hmm. harmful. Did we even wear lab coats? Or was she, like, really insistent? Oh, she was really insistent that we wore, gla- like, goggles. And all we were doing yeah. were, like, pretend squatting. And it's like, you've got to wear your goggles! <laughs> and then, oh, we had to put those respirator, like, breathing things in our mouths. I'm like, we are in a bacteriology lab. I'm not putting so this bizarre. Also, they did my heart rate, and my heart rate was, like, I don't know, 120. We hadn't done anything. And she was like, oh, well, you're a problem. And I was like, what? Like, excuse me? Why? Yeah, I was like, are you sure it's not your equipment? Because that's not normal. Like, there is no way that my heart rate... And also, I then, like, you know, did a pulse test, and I was like, it's not 120. And she's like, well, it obviously is. The equipment isn't wrong. You're the problem. We need to choose somebody else. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, there was lots of scenarios that... She just behaved very weirdly and just, she was just a bit strange. So, so come to the University of Surrey, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I don't, they've improved so much. The um, union, the uni, the, the union this year have done an amazing job. We have never had, a, over the yeah. three years, we never had a union that was so like expressive of like what they're doing and like explaining what they're doing and actually cared. I think these are the first ones that actually care about the students. I mean, they came around during exam season with like, um, bars of like you know cereal bars and like stress balls and stuff and they definitely you know they they've done an amazing job and there's a lot more facilities now 
than what they didn't have before. Um, there's still a lot of areas. They're better on accommodation as well. I think their information about accommodation is so much better. They're kind of like helplines. They now have like um, even like a mental health helpline, which they didn't always have. Yeah, they've got like a, a night time. Yeah, they've had the night line for a while, I think, but they've got another one as well now, I think. There's, there's, they've improved a lot. The problem is you have to kind of search for the stuff to find it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Follow all the social media yeah. stuff. That would be my advice. But Sorry's definitely improved a lot over the past like two years because I feel like they've had so many complaints about things that they've had to. It's a good university, and the, you can't compare it because I've never been to a different university, so I don't know what other universities like. And I've heard lots of people complain about other universities. Yeah, I think it's all like it's all a balance, isn't it? There's going to be good. They've done and- pretty well during this outbreak. I feel like they've communication wise they've been really good like they've done like a bulletin there's a lot of universities that aren't communicating with this their students or staff at all um ours have been very good the idea of us going to like online tutorials will never work because they just don't have the capacity i don't think but yeah we've had an online like a daily email bulletin in the week and yeah which is really good as well the instagram's always super active yeah the union's still going with that sort of stuff which i think is really good because they could easily turn around and said you know we're not doing it, it. and they yeah. haven't yeah which is really sad because there's not gonna this union isn't gonna be there next year but they have done so well and i hope mm-hmm. that like it gets carried on for the next years but yeah they've i mean i remember i was doing like a peer assisted writing scheme with like a first year and when i was telling her about like what it used to be like she was like oh my god that's crazy and i was like yeah you don't know the half of it like you you come in at such a good time like the first years that are in now i've got you know a much much better facilities you know i don't know first and second year labs will always have a special place in my heart i'll have to feed those stories in <laughs> slowly over time because there are some really absolutely awful things happening in these labs that i'm surprised that we're we're even allowed to be in these labs and also do you remember the first few weeks of the new labs and they were like, yeah, guys, you're kind of like the, the, the guinea pigs for this whole thing. And do you not remember the gas taps just didn't work? Yeah. And then they were like worried that the whole place was being filled with gas. And I was like, my yeah. God, we are not guinea pigs to get like blown up. They were worried about the gas. They just refused to like have any bunsen burners or anything on. Yeah, there were some really dodgy things. Remember that fire alarm we had? And they were like, you're never, ever, ever meant to wear your lab coat outside of the lab ever you literally get beaten to the ground so they, they used to make as soon as you stepped over a threshold you had to put your lab coat in a plastic bag and I had this argument with this girl or this woman because she was like having a go at me and I was like look at this pen that I've just pulled out of the lab are you bothered by this she's like no and I was like what about this paper she's like no and I was like they all are contaminated why are you so bothered about the the lab coat I'm like you let us take papers lab books pens everything out goggles you're not even they weren't even bothered about the goggles it was always the lab coat the whole lab coat reel was so and they had these lockers oh my god and then they were like yeah, you need to wash it at 90 degrees but yeah no i mean university university is university i think don't have this idea that it's this you know amazing gonna save you you're gonna have parties and there's gonna be like all this stuff but equally, um, don't go into it thinking it's not going to change your life because it's. I'm definitely different. I'm. Oh yeah. No, I'm definitely different. I do feel like it's weird. I don't feel like I have any more. I do have lots more information in my head, but I don't feel like I do. Does that make sense? Like it's only when someone asks me a question, and then I come out with it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I did learn something at uni. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Like you learn it so gradually over time that you just think that you haven't known anything beyond what you know now it's yeah and I feel like like my how I understand like disease profiles and how I understand like viruses and pathogens and stuff has improved so much but you don't remember what you didn't know if that makes sense so I don't remember what I was like before I went to uni and I probably didn't have any clue of any of that um but now it's just like second nature and like writing reports and stuff I could whip out a lab report easy (laughs) peasy you don't even know but I have enjoyed the four years. Like, ultimately, I have enjoyed the four years. And this year has probably been, like, the best year. If I'm not, if I'm just, like, talking about university years, not placement. Thank you so much for talking with me. No, thank you. I think we rambled very much so. I mean, it's just, it's just part of the fun, isn't it? <laughs> A lot. We needed to get all those three years of complaints out of our system. <laughs> Literally. 
any parting word advice for people um enjoy it yeah. don't be so caught up on the first the two ones enjoy it and actually enjoy learning the information like don't just I know it's hard to say but like don't just learn it because you need to learn it like try and even if it means you're learning like less topics pick out the topics that you enjoy you know start lo- like learning more into those because it will help you in the future yeah and don't be worried about having it all planned out no not at all and also don't be worried about the fact that you don't know how to do an assessment in first year because honestly no one does like no one knows how to do a lab report the way that university wants it in first year like no one knows how to do those and first year do not stress because everything that you learn in lectures is all that you're going to be tested on and I read so many books in first year and none of it helped because it's literally (laughs) mcqs on lectures so don't stress really don't stress and at that point as well get into your socials and get into like the groups and don't be afraid to go by yourself as well um because I definitely missed out on a lot of opportunities because I was too afraid to go by myself good advice thank you so much that's okay thank you this was the so tell me podcast and that was my amazing guest Alex thank you for listening for more information please visit pleaseholdfor.squarespace.com